Welcome to Tabletop Journal's Seat Yourself podcast series on the hospitality tabletop industry. Now, here's your host, Dave Turner. Hi, everyone. I'm Dave Turner, and I'm your host here at Seat Yourself. Once again, today we're back in Studio B of our Tabletop Journal studios right here in Baltimore on America's East Coast. And today we've got another episode of our new series called The Creative Spectrum. By the way, this is episode number 83 of Seat Yourself, and it's published in the week of July 6th, 2020. In this episode, it will run somewhere in the range of 40 minutes. And by now, you probably know that in our new series, The Creative Spectrum, we bring you conversations from all across the creative spectrum. These are conversations with people whose lives and passions are all built around the idea of bringing design and creativity forward in a way that positively influences, impacts, and inspires each of us on an everyday basis. And in this episode of The Creative Spectrum, I'm very excited to welcome another great creative talent, Yvette Craddock, to our podcast. Yvette is a Phoenix-based creator whose talents extend into many areas of design and creativity. And while based in America's Southwest region, Yvette's projects and the positive influence generated by them can be felt all across America. And today, it's just that, that positive influence that Yvette spreads through her work that we want to talk to her about. And of course, we want to find out a little bit more of just about who Yvette Craddock really is and what inspires her as she goes about her creating, whether it be in spaces, the experiences, or the products that she creates. So, with all of that, please help me welcome to Seat Yourself and our series, The Creative Spectrum, the very talented Yvette Craddock. Yvette, thanks for joining us today here on Seat Yourself and our still very brand new Creative Spectrum series. It's great. Not only is it great, it's fabulous, actually, having you here on a, after a holiday weekend. And from our previous conversations, I've discovered that you, in fact, are a multimedia, multisensory, rock star, creative person based in Phoenix, but there's a lot more to you than Phoenix. And I've seen from your videos on television, your appearances, you're always talking about design and how it can set the mood and influence on a whole variety of levels. And I want to get to that in just a second. But first... Can you give our listeners a quick snapshot of who Yvette Craddock is and how you become this growing influencer of style and design from the Southwest part, but really all of America, and how you've done it in such a short period of time? Wow, thank you so much for a delightful and flattering introduction. I have to live up to this today, Dave. Absolutely. The bar is high, but I, I'm not worried about it. The bar is high. No pressure. No pressure. I have always been a creative person. It's in my DNA. I think that's the baseline to who I am and how I live my life personally and professionally. I grew up in a household where my creativity was fostered by both of my parents through arts. My dad taught me to sketch. My mom taught me crafts. It was just, it's who I am. I studied dance. I studied music. So when it comes to design, all these expressions are interrelated to me. Design is a composition of elements to create a solution typically, to create a a visual expression of something that you feel. That's my baseline for who I am. As far as my business, 
I have been very fortunate to have been seen by people who have understood the power of my creative voice throughout my entire career. And I have made intentional moves to continue to advance my skill set, my talent to learn, to evolve and grow and make a definitive choice as to how I would express my creativity in the, a world of helping individuals and corporations solve visual challenges. That's awesome. Everybody has a problem to solve, a challenge they're trying to overcome. So I use my talent and design to help them accomplish their goals. You know, it's funny because we talk with a lot of creative people and the creativity has to be for the best designers, best creators, if you will, because creativity comes in all kinds of forms. But the best creative creators seem to, it comes from inside them and out and manifests itself in different ways. It might manifest itself with some people by creating great cocktails or great culinary dishes, whatever. Other people, it's great spaces and great interiors and, and architecture and that kind of thing. So it's really fabulous to hear you say, and also that your parents were such a big influence on you too. That's cool. Yes, very cool. I'm very, very fortunate. Was there a point along the way, though, that really pushed you? I mean, you could have gone in lots of directions, lots of creative directions even. Was there a specific event that pushed you in the area of creativity? Yes. So I'll let you in on a few secrets. Uh-oh. Uh, hold on. Hold on. Nobody's listening. So it's just you <laughs> and I. So you can tell all the secrets. They're safe with us. Okay. Nobody will know. Okay. I am 50-50, analytical and creative. Growing up, I was a straight-A student in accounting and economics. Hold on. I hate that. For a minute there, I thought you said you were a straight-A student and you're 50-50 analytical and creative. You are exactly the kind of people I do not want to hang around too much because <laughs> I always look so bad next to them. No, no. Keep going, no, though. Never. You're awesome. You can test well and not be very bright. I don't know. but <laughs> I don't know. So, and then I, I was gifted in creative pursuits, writing, visual expression, etc. I pursued the analytical side, the business side through college and went to corporate America, Fortune 500 in Los Angeles, international business, and was a fast growing rising star for an emerging leader and could have picked whatever country I wanted to live in. And I might've been retired by now. I don't know. And even in that role, I was allowed to be creative. I would structure a lot of our company events, global events, when we had our expats and business partners come into Los Angeles. I would, was the person, the creative voice to put that together and provide the creative and the, the structure to it so that we also adhere to customs and were respectful. There was a point when I was offered the opportunity to enter this fast track emerging leaders program. And on a fateful day, on a Saturday in Sherman Oaks, California, I ran to the bank. I almost you were, well, hold on, hold on. It was in Sherman Oaks? Yes. Have you been there? Oh, I love Sherman Oaks. We have a lot of Sherman Oaks stories, but go ahead. Okay. We'll have to compare one day. It was a Saturday. It was a Saturday morning. I'm in a hurry. I had forgotten to pay a bill or whatever. So I'm in line right before they're getting ready to close. And there's a very interesting man in front of me. Very eccentric looking man, very tan, slick back hair, this monochromatic jogging outfit. And he kept staring at me. It was unnerving. 
And I thought, oh, can we just everyone get done with their transactions so I can get out of here and away from this man? Well, it turns out he waited for me to exit the building. And I thought, oh no, I have another stalker. Stalker, <laughs> that's what I'm thinking right now, stalkers. That's what everybody's thinking. I have right had now. too many and I don't need another one. Yeah, yeah. And then we started chatting and I decided this man is really one of two extremes. The actual person I need in my life to advance my goals or he's a crazy person. And he was crazy talented, yes, but not in other ways. And I don't mean that disrespectfully. But he was a conduit to me being able to marry the two sides of myself and create a creative career that was financially beneficial for me and solvent. His name was Giorgio. And I ended up working for him. So his right-hand person is a really special relationship because he took me under his, his wing, so to speak. And I would visit with him and study the business and study design three times a week for years. And I began to travel between Los Angeles and High Point, Carolina, where he had his furniture showrooms, very luxury, high-end furniture showroom. I did that while I was still working for Corporate America, using my vacation time. And then he was in the position to triple his showroom space and grow his business. And he asked me if I would oversee that process, planning the new showroom, creating a marketing plan to create buzz was on the cusp of opening Moscow, et cetera. When that invitation happened, I simultaneously received the corporate invitation and that was my point of decision. What's next for Yvette? What is going to make me happy? What's my passion? And of course you have to take care of yourself, right? And obviously I went to work for Giorgio. Wow. And that set me off on the creative course. That was the fork in the road. It was a fork in the road. See Every time I meet somebody like you, you reinforce my belief in that kindred spirits always find one another at the right point. Sometimes it takes a little while, but at the right point, when you need somebody or something in your life, they generally appear. And I think that's a little serendipity probably, but on the other hand, it's not so crazy that that happens a lot. It happens more often than I think we all would realize that whatever we need in our life suddenly appears. I agree with you. When the student is ready, the teacher appears. There you go. I don't know anything about Buddhism, but that's my one Buddhist thing. When the student is ready, the teacher will appear. See, we're, we're finding each other right there. Unbelievable. They're right there. I think it's important, too, for people to be present in their lives. If I were not present in my life, I would have possibly missed the opportunity. Sure. Just a thought. No, it's absolutely right. Let's get into the creator, the designer part of you. You cover a wide scope of areas, interior design, residential, commercial, tabletop products, which you've done and, and all that. But you even work with commercial and residential real estate professionals and to improve their spaces and experience that they help generate. So what is it about design that creates such positive vibes and, and has such a positive and even inspirational impact on how people feel and how, what they take from design? Design has so much power if you really break down our day-to-day -day lives, how we maneuver our streets, what directions we go, how we access buildings, what spaces do we love to flock to, what spaces do we avoid? It could be neighborhoods, it could be a building, it could be a store. If we don't have design, what do we have? All the advertising we see and read, 
it's every it's everywhere. It's the way that people line up for hours and days to buy new products or to add their names and make big deposits on products that have a waiting list. Design is a part of our lives every day, whether we consciously realize it or not. In spaces, and actually I was just talking to an engineer friend of mine, he was talking about the cubicles and the commercial space is major company, very nice space, but it was just so drab and there was nothing inspiring around them. And even though they're engineers and people that have stereotypes of engineers, everybody wants to be influenced, inspired. They want to feel good about mm -hmm. themselves and where they are. It has such a huge impact on our physiological makeup. So color, patterns, the shapes, the scale of items, the combination of factors. We have natural light, we have artificial light, how those impact us. All these details, how space is laid out, all of these create how we function and how we feel. When I'm working with clients, I ask them, first of all, what challenge are you having? What would you like to solve? And then how do you want to feel? And a lot of times people pause because they really don't think about that, but it is a huge factor before you layer anything else into a space or you touch something in like a buffet. How does that function? Mm -hmm. Is it easy to access the different plates of food? Do you have a surface to put your plate down or your coffee mug or your glass? A lot of people don't pay attention to those details. Thankfully, I'm very detail-oriented. It's like a puzzle. And so I really rely on ethnography to help me find solutions. Ethnography is a study of people and their environment. So you go to a Starbucks or go to a resort, wherever, a public space, and just watch how people move in an office space. Where are they stopping? Where's everyone just organically pausing? If it's an event and there's, let's say, a buffet set up, a bar set up, what's going on there? Is it functioning for people or how are they responding to the layout to help facilitate the type of celebration they want to have? It's all the same. It's paying attention to what solutions need to be brought to the fore and what elements you, you bring to the table to combine to create that solution. In our previous conversations leading up to this podcast, you've used the word immersive a lot. Mm -hmm. Is this what you mean by the immersive effect of design? And as you say, you study the people, where they move, how they interact with things, whatever. Is that what you mean by the your design having an immersive approach to it? Yes, and it's more. It's how are you interacting with other people or if it's a corporate experience, that brand, other than everybody come into the space, perhaps there's a registration table or a check-in table. Okay, now what? Is it the same type of program? You go over here, you get a drink, there's nothing to do. You go over there, you wait for the buffet. What are the opportunities to experience something new in between that? And that's where you create an immersive, interactive experience where you have this yin and yang happening instead of this programming of go here, stop. Okay, now what? Anyone can put together a cocktail event with high top tables and drapery. Okay, sure. so what, what's next? What kind of music is playing? 
How about the lighting? If you have vendors on site, how are they interacting? What experiences can you offer people to interact and become more immersed with that brand? Sure. Sure. As you know, we're primarily focused on hospitality and we have a lot of listeners in the tabletop sector of hospitality. I've seen your television segments on designing holiday tablescapes or whatever, but whether it's in the um, home or in a restaurant, how do you feel the impact, what the impact of tabletop products, dinnerware, glassware, flatware primarily, but more than that, how do you feel the impact is of those types of products on a meal? whether it's in the restaurant. And is there a difference between the impact it might have in a home versus the impact it might have in a restaurant? I am a huge fan of a formally set table using real china or porcelain, real glassware, real flatware. It's how I grew up. My parents were very much advocates of etiquette. So we grew up understanding how to set the table and how to function in our chair at the table. There's, in my opinion, there's nothing like having a table dressed for you, whether it's at home or you dress it for others, or going to a restaurant and seeing the finery laid out for you. It is the biggest welcome. You are loved. You're here to facilitate an incredible dining experience that not only will nourish you physically, but hopefully mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. So that's the power to me of having dinnerware, glassware, flatware, and tables. You want to add on placemats and table linens and a linen napkin. That, that to me says everything. So to me, it is important in both spaces. It, there's a level of formality and personal respect, I believe. I think that when at home, for instance, if you set the table, you tend to have better etiquette. <laughs> you know how we all, we all, we all err. Some days we're eating on the run or whatnot. And I think you carry those behaviors over into a restaurant setting, whether it's a quick, casual, fine dining or whatnot. It all is, sums it up to yeah, I, th- I think that whether you're dining in at home in a sort of, re- I wouldn't say relaxed, but a graceful manner that where you're comfortable and you're, uh, you're, you have certain types of things. And great dining doesn't always have to be white tablecloth to us, but I mean, it has some meaning. And we always talk about thoughtful tabletops rather than fancy tabletops, because thoughtful tabletops, if you're at a family picnic or you're an outside someplace at a barbecue joint, there can be some pretty great food there too and some great times. But it's really about the connection of people who you're sitting around the table with. We always say the best times in life for all of us are when you're dining and having great food and beverage with family and friends and those that you love. So I I think that for us anyway, the impact of tabletop products is a little bit subliminal, but on the other hand, it's really, really important. And it can be it can be outside, uh, it can be inside, or the white tablecloth, three star Michelin, or it can be outside in a very casual bistro, or as I said, at a family picnic. But it's really about the experiences that you have. So it's great. I agree. Those bonds are lifelong memories, at least for me. Yeah, the best times in all our lives. I think that we're coming to a place where people are starting to invest a little bit more time in creating those memories especially in today's society with what's going on. And I see some very special outcomes for that. Also, if I may, 
when it comes to dinnerware and glassware, flatware, the shapes, the sizes, the colors, the designs all influence our eating, how much we eat, what we eat, the taste. I'm very fascinated by the science of the product design and colors applied to a restaurant setting. Yeah, I, I think there's, there's some very practical kinds of things that influence us too, but they certainly, tableware products influence the meal and how much you enjoy and whatever. And as I say, they sometimes can be subliminal, but nonetheless, they still have heavy influence. So today we're with Yvette Craddock, great creator, great designer based in Phoenix, Arizona. And we're going to come right back and continue down this pathway of hospitality and design. And, I, and Yvette, when we come back, I want to hear about how you feel the overall role of design is, what that role is uh, within the hospitality and the commercial sector. So we'll be right back with more from Yvette Craddock. This episode of Seat Yourself is sponsored in part by the Edward Don and Company. Everything but the food for nearly a hundred years. And if you have not yet signed up for Tabletop Journal's bi-monthly newsletter, now would be a great time to do so. Go to tabletopjournalnewsletter.com. It's a quick and easy sign up and a great way to stay on top of all the important going ons in the world of hospitality tabletop. That's tabletopjournalnewsletter.com. Now, back to our podcast. Hey, everybody. We're back here with Yvette Craddock. Yvette is giving us her take on the impact of design and creating and the influence it has and the, on the positivity, just our overall vibe that it throws off sometimes, how it can change our life. And she's got a wealth of knowledge in a lot of different areas. But right now, we're touching on the commercial and the hospitality side of design. And Yvette, we were talking about tabletop before the break. And now I want to get into the overall role you believe that design has within the hospitality and commercial sectors. How do you feel design influences that? Design is everything. This is where I put my marketing hat back on is it all starts with the brand. So in the commercial sector, you must have a defined brand that you are able to visually express in the storytelling of, of your property, as well as the on-site experience, how your staff is trained from maybe pulling up to the valet stand or a gated entry down to having your bags brought to your room, room service. Every part of that experience relates to the brand and it is everything. This is how companies are able to sustain themselves for decades and hundreds of years. It's why do you shop at the certain stores you shop at? It's a consistent experience. They've built trust with you. They deliver on the promises to you. So when it comes to design in the commercial sector, yes, it's about aesthetics, but it's so much more, as they just outlined, that you have to pay attention to and factor in to the end result. And people, to customers and consumers today, they're becoming more savvy and they're becoming a little bit more self-aware. I'm working on an ebook for the vacation sector and it's really interesting to know the differences, demographic and psychographic differences for let's just say the American consumer's point. What baby boomers are looking for 
versus the Gen Zers. And then, of course, the common threads throughout all groups. So when you are in touch with why you're here, what are we here to do? And what are we here to do better than anyone else? How do we define that? And how do we create all those touch points to consistently deliver? And then who are we talking to? How can we further speak to that audience? Everybody has to be on the table to have a successful design strategy because it gets back to the overall business strategy. Yeah, I, I think I, one of the things that's interesting too, you mentioned it all starts with a brand. And you use the example of when you pull up in front of a property, the valet and the staff training, and that's really about first impressions. And one of the things that I've always, it's kind of a nit with me, is always the last impression as well. And whenever uh, you're out to dinner and they bring you the check, how that process really takes place, because hopefully you've just enjoyed a wonderful evening with family and friends like we talked about. And maybe it's, you know, one of those rare moments where it's really at the top of your list is one of the best times in your life. And you really want to finish it off well by, and yes, we know there's a bill coming, but how that's presented and, and how that whole last impression is taken care of, as well as the first impression. And I think a lot of times and the experience is defined by either the first or the last impression. That's what you remember most. How was I greeted? What was the visual when I walked into a building for the first time? How did that design hit me? Those things are all really important. You know that better than I, and you're much more articulate with it. But I really think that those kinds of things, it's a, it, we talk about it's always about the guest experience. Well, if you're working in a building, it's about that experience of the people who enter that building every day, or you enter that that home every night after work. So uh, design does, uh, we agree with you that design is just everywhere. So I want to get into some of the scope of your design, the spaces, the experiences, the products that you that you develop. Is there a specific process that you go through to uh, or do you have goals when you look at those? Because you design such a wide variety of things and you create spaces, as I said, spaces, experience and products. And are, are they a little bit interwoven as well? Yes, they are. And everything is custom to that project. Everything I do is custom to that particular client, whether they're residential or commercial. And my number one task is to help them, again, solve a challenge, solve a problem they're having, or envision something new. Maybe it's a new chapter and there's not a problem. They just want to start fresh and we've got something new happening and help me define what that looks like, feels like, etc. My process begins once we've identified what the end game is. Then I backtrack to what do I need to, to fill, let's say a box, maybe a bad analogy, but if I had to put together several elements and place them in, a, in one area from which I can build, what is it that we need to have in that box for them? Is it color, of course, again, texture, the type of materials that are going to best work for them, shapes? Scale, do they have high ceilings, low ceilings? The lighting, is there enough? Do we need to add more? Is it natural? Is it artificial? A combination. All of these elements and more add up to the sum. So I start with the basics. Here's the foundation and the fundamentals we need. And now let's go play and take some risk and make it 
really unique, distinctive to that client to give them something that is beyond their imagination. Well, you just touched on two major points that are big with myself and, and a lot of our listeners. And that is very Stephen Covey-ish, by the way. Start with the end game in mind. That's number one. And that, that applies to so many different parts of our life. But also the fact that you, you listen to the client and that you give them what they're looking for, sometimes when they don't even know that that's what they're looking for. So that's very cool. When we started what we're calling the creative spectrum, we wanted to make sure that, that we got across the point of how creativity and design in general is very positive and it really showcases the possibilities for the future, changes the way we believe, the way we think. And that's so important in, in times like we're in right now. I really think that the hope and possibilities for the future are really, really lacking for a lot of people and they're, they're starved for that optimism, whatever. What is it about your specific designs and your, the things that you create, whether they be spaces or experiences or whatever, what is it about that that you hope brings about those emotions of possibility and optimism to the people who interact and engage your services? I believe that people deserve to be surrounded by beauty. I really do. And to live, reside, function in spaces and have at their disposal products that meet their needs physically from a functional standpoint, also psychologically. That's very, very important. And I'm able to tap into parts of people's perhaps anguish or desires that they aren't necessarily expressing. I want to empower people with information and give them access to my services to help them live the life that they want to. They don't have to settle. There are resources to help them accomplish their goals, and I want to be a conduit for that. So right now, what a lot of people are not understanding, and and that goes from the commercial side to consumer side, is that color and texture are going to play huge roles moving forward because of this state of uncertainty that we are experiencing. So it's something as simple as changing our wall colors or changing the color of a throw pillow, just simple little things as an example, can do so much for your your mental well-being. Bringing in plants, just Touching a rock, touching a gemstone, having you know your plate, the flatware you're using, the shape of the glassware you have, all of these factors are going to increase in need. And I think that designers and manufacturers and other people have to be ready to help people move into this next chapter of what will it look like? I don't know. All I know is that I have the power to control my environment, to be more astute with my constitution so that I'm as stable as I can be. So I can be a, from a micro perspective, the micro touches in the world, that I can bring that positivity and hope and creativity to other people. 
And you know, that positivity and that hope and, and all that, that is very contagious, I believe, too. So if I want to uh, change the world, I, I'm going to do it probably one person at a time. And it's going to be based on the attitude that I have inside me. And I share that, hopefully, that message of positivity and optimism. And I, I really love it. Plus, you have such a great smile, too. People, people can't see it. They can go to your website and see your videos and whatever. But it's such a great smile that it couldn't help me be positive around you. Oh, thank you. Yvette, you've been creating and designing for a number of years now in all kinds of different areas throughout your career. And it's been a career that has only been a handful of years, but you've done a lot of things so far. What makes you most proud so far? When people tell me this is this, meaning the ultimate creation of a space, a product, being commissioned for some custom furniture, I am working on a commercial product line with the brand when they say this is beyond my expectations thank you thank you thank you this is exactly what I wanted and needed and some of these elements that are included here I didn't even know I needed when someone is beyond satisfied or they're elated that's when I know I've done my job well I'm there to be of service to people I'm there to listen to them and to deliver results for them and exceed everything they've ever wanted to the best of my ability. <laughs> no, but you know, you, you can see that oftentimes with designers, when you walk into a commercial hotel or a restaurant, even you can see the influence of designers and how, what they were trying to achieve. And, and, and you may not see it, it may not be right at the top of your senses, but it's below the surface. You get that feel, that warmth, that vibe. And we always remind people that we play in the hospitality business. That means generally service to others. And if you can make people relax and enjoy, and it's difficult, and particularly in the restaurant business these days, it is incredibly difficult and it's going to change. There's no question. And we, nobody has the answer of what the hospitality industry is going to look like, but I certainly design and safety is a higher issue right now, a higher priority, but design itself and that positivity and that just creating those great optimistic environments where people enjoy going and enjoy connecting with other human beings. I think that's going to be so much more even important in the future going forward. I agree. You have to be even more intentional than before because people need help. They need help to navigate whatever is next personally and in a group setting. Of course, we can't always help on a personal level, but in a group setting, we can help facilitate that. Just I've done a couple of events that were according to code and healthy, et cetera, in these times. And people just come up to me and said, thank you so much. We so needed this. We needed the human connection. Yep. And to see their eyes light up with wonder and amazement and beauty around them and people who are really invested in them having a great time and facilitating that experience, I think people are going to be more acutely aware of that in the future. We keep saying that people, human beings, all of us are hardwired for connection with other human beings. And, and I couldn't think of a better way to do that than through great food and beverage and sitting around a table. But design in general helps facilitate that human connection. 
whether it be, again, a creative cocktail can be uh, something that draws people together, but also design of an interior or space or design of an event, an experience. You know, what is interactive about that? And it's all about humans connecting with other human beings. And I, th- I think it's so really important. So Yvette, typically of us, what we do here at Seat Yourself, we save the very, very toughest question of all for last. (laughs) We want to know right now, what is the most important thing that our listeners should know or that you'd like them to remember about Yvette Craddock? That's always the toughest question. So I want to give you plenty of chance to think about it. (laughs) Design is a soul conversation. It's not something to proxy to someone else in the case from a personal standpoint of residence. And when it comes to commercial space, it's really important to consider your internal stakeholders, as they're called, the employees, your vendors, as well as your guests who are coming in. And as far as my role in that, I am a very authentic person. And my intention And my goal is to be the conduit, to be of service so that people can accomplish their goals. So for me, my tagline is soul, style, and space. That's what I bring to the table each and every time. And I really want people to take this time to connect with who they are as individuals. From a business perspective, whether you're a small business or a large business, People are demanding the unification of who you are as a person and who you are as a business. That's going to be more important. So if people need assistance with that process, I would like to be someone that they would call to help them get there. Yeah, it's such an important role too, because we all lead, lead busy lives. We're all busy doing what we're doing. Right? Some of us are, are thinking about new careers. Some of us are in a, in a, in a transitionary state. And I, I really think that the whole issue of design, whether it's design in our personal space or design in the hospitality places that we might go or events that we might attend, that really is such a big influence on us and really change can change our whole attitude. So congratulations to you and, and all the success that you've had. Where can people find out more about you, Yvette? YvetteCraddock.com is my website. And from there, you can link to my social media pages and contact me through my... Why did I know that you had a huge social media? Why did I just, I just think that? And You probably have like a zillion followers on, on all your, on your platform. <laughs> no, I'm very humble. <laughs> Uh, no, sometimes it's quality over quantity, but sure, we all want more uh, quantity. But if you want to go on a tangent, I post when it's authentic to my voice. I want to post content that has meaning instead of one more post out there. To, oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. I think that quality is far better than quantity in some respects. Well, I can tell all our listeners that when they go to your website, yvettecraddock.com, they're going to find one authentic person. I've really enjoyed our conversation here today, Yvette, and it's been wonderful spending time with you. And I thank you for sharing your thoughts and comments with all our listeners. It's really been terrific. I am honored. I'm honored. Thank you for having me as a guest. I really appreciate it. Well, that's it for this week's See Yourself podcast and this week's Creative Spectrum series. I want to thank again 
Yvette Craddock, for joining us. And you can find out more about this very talented and very creative artist by visiting Yvette's website. That's YvetteCraddock.com. And when you go there, you're going to learn all about Yvette and learn why we think of her as both a multimedia and a multi-sensory rock star creative personality. It's all there at YvetteCraddock.com. So thanks again to Yvette for joining us. And of course, we always want to thank the Edward Don and Company for sponsoring in part, Seat Yourself. And finally, we want to say again, thank you to you, our listeners. We look forward to having you joining us back here again next week as we bring you another interesting episode of the Creative Spectrum series. I'm Dave Turner. Go out and have a great week. Stay strong and stay positive. That concludes this week's episode of Tabletop Journal's Seat Yourself podcast series. For more news, information, and insights on the hospitality tabletop industry, please be sure to check out www.tabletopjournal.com.